Welcome to the Crypto Assets and Blockchain Podcast. Transactions in the physical world 
and you basically do this via IoT. And the corporate world is not only energy, it's also the BMWs, the Bosches. So blockchain for them is a portfolio of um, decentralized technologies. It's blockchain on the one hand side, it's peer-to-peer -peer data storage such as IPFS, ChipGMDB, a lot of peer-to-peer -peer communication, especially in the IoT world, how to use public key infrastructure to establish secure communication among devices, and then it's monocultorically trusted computation, offshore computation. So whole portfolio of these things, and it's also interesting because the McKinsey's go around and talk about IT, like the legacy IT, and now more agile cloud-based IT. And if in a corporate you would like to be successful, then suddenly you have speed IT, you also have to build a completely entire innovation, digital and system integration technology delivery capability for these new kinds of decentralized technologies to play a role there. Yeah. I mentioned economic independent machines. I think very, very simple experiments. Combine a machine with sensors, embedded computing and algorithms with blockchain, and suddenly via blockchain, the machine gets an identity, um, an interoperable identity that can do direct counterparty transaction blockchain, gets a wallet, it can receive payments for services it's providing, such as transport services of people, of goods, data services, other physical services, and it can, can spend money for services utilizing, charging, tools, maintenance, and suddenly each machine has a PL, profit loss statement. Each machine is completely economic independent, and that's the reason why we have this third group of customers and machines. I think giving machines a PL is not a new concept. For example, in the logistics industry, when you have a fleet of trucks today in your ERP system, you give each individual truck a PL, a profit loss statement. The big difference is so that the truck is not economic independent yet, and that the PL calculations most of the times are completely wrong because then you don't know how much um, diesel gasoline you have in your tank of the truck um, it was, it was put at the end of the month, beginning of the month, and you don't know what was the PNL for this month. And with these types of technology, you have entire audit trails in terms of the uh, transactions that the car, that the truck has been done, and then you can build um, correct um, combinations, uh, correct um, profit loss statements for your machines, and that's, that's good. Um, Last but not least, so it's not kind of just a dream. So in corporate Germany, a lot of the big OEMs, uh, truck manufacturing companies, are exactly exploring this use case, combining autonomous trucks with a blockchain wallet for all kinds of transactions, and also combining uh, a blockchain with, with, with a vehicle, and that's, um, that's what's being done there. And um, it's not a new concept, also old Antonopoulos described this in this master Bitcoin book. Basically, again, that force industrial revolution, fusion of technologies, we combine Bitcoin, Uber, or autonomous driving, and suddenly we have the self-owning car, the economic independent car, the economic independent truck, and that's changing the entire transaction systems, for example, logistics or transportation supply chains. And that's the reason why a lot of big corporates are looking into this, so not only in Germany, also around the globe, including the US um, automotive companies, or Toyota, and some other people. So at Energy, to basically build something simple, charging, and it's important corporate innovation, so it's um, not only about technology, it's about business model, a lot of regulations and compliance, and um, yeah. I think it's pretty simple to say with a car, with a charging pole, two machines, both have the wallet, 
We use a blockchain, a sealed smart contract to do an escrow payment. And via escrow payment in a smart contract, you can do a direct counterparty transaction, my car and a charging pole. And in addition, so the business logic in the smart contract takes out uh, all the risks. So it's a yeah, direct counterparty transactions without credit risk, because the business logic in the smart contract escrow is basically looking into or giving um, trust to the charging pole. There's money. It can start the energy transfer process in the car and also gives trust to the car because the charging pole doesn't deliver energy. Um, yeah, then the um, um, car owner or the car can refund the escrow payment. So the trustless direct counterparty transaction with no credit risk. That's a um, very powerful concept. Um, so in, in, in energy, we built prototype with Lockit, I think two or three years ago. Um, very easy, took the smart lock prototype, put it in a charging pole, Instead of open, close the lock, we open, close, we, we, we um, switch on, switch off um, the power switch in the, in the charging port, read out the metering data, and did some, some, some billing and settlement. That's also important for corporates how to do kind of how to scale this, because going in the lab is boring, everyone's doing this. We need to scale it to bring it to the, um, yeah, into the field to demonstrate it's working. And then you can use retrofitting, it's a very nice concept, because in Germany you have a very nice industrial base, industrial base that's not yet fully kind of integrated with new modern technologies, but with retrofitting you can blend into new technologies such as block blockchain, build new capabilities and prepare yourself for the, yeah, for the technology revolution. So what does retrofitting mean here? So basically you see a fleet of charging poles, thousands of charging poles connected by a mobile communication network um, to a gateway in a data center. By the way, in Germany it's a fully validated certified IT system. It's already a geeichtes IT system by the physical technical um, government agency. And basically you can say, okay, I trust the infrastructure from the communication gateway via the mobile communication network charging pole. When I trust it, I can put a, a blockchain node next to the gateway and in one sweep, in the retrofitting approach, I have the entire fleet of charging poles on blockchain and the deliver scale on the asset side. And um, But this doesn't only deliver scale on the asset side to kind of um, to build the capability, it's also delivering business case because today on top of the communication gateway is sitting an expensive commercial backend the commercial backend has links to banks, to roaming service providers, to other third parties. And when the physical transaction is being validated via the blockchain and the financial transaction is done instantaneously, so we basically take out the expensive commercial backend system, including manual processes to process master data and the ERP system. And in addition, so we take out the interfaces to banks, to roaming provider, and then the blockchain delivers an interoperable charging network. And that's what's, 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 what Energy built as well. So the product was called Share and Charge, a fully, full digital experience. It was built with design thinking, because when you do design thinking with your kind of um, electric vehicle drivers, you basically find out in the first seconds they don't have Ether or Bitcoin, they would like to pay in, in, uh, in Euro. And that's the reason um, it's also relevant for this crypto asset conference. This was built on, on the CEO blockchain, but with crypto euro. So basically going into regulations, niche regulations, if you set up a crypto euro token uh, uh, on the blockchain, 
you can do it for one niche use case as an exception, let's say for charging. If you then would like to scale it to other verticals and use case, you need an e-money license. Um, so in this case, was done for this niche regulation set up, um, financial regulations. And um, yeah, crypto euro and crypto euros were also then accepted by the customer who participated in, in using the project. I mentioned interoperability because this was also my big vision kind of to, to demonstrate this. And um, yeah, when I was with Energy, I approached kind of the Fortums, the Nexus, the ELAT, other big utilities in Europe to connect their blockchain, their, their charging infrastructure as well. And it's a big achievement because you put only blockchain nodes um, to the gateway in the data center or connect an API that's being opposed. Then again, in one sweep, you have the entire fleet of charging ports um, on your blockchain solution. And then you can demonstrate through, um, uh, uh, through interoperability and show that the roaming, the roaming use case is delivered by, by a blockchain solution. It's probably worth to mention that now was taken off the market, the share charge app. Because for good reason, because it's redeveloped now, because zero technology is maturing, blockchain technology is maturing, and um, um, yeah, in, um, and that's that's what's coming being done kind of to upgrade um, to upgrade technology and also make it more fit for consortium blockchain approach and to go on the public blockchain because it's um, a bit too expensive to do the transactions there. Um, yeah, I mentioned the crypto euro. And then the last thing, um, that's something I, um, I started working on, and you probably saw um, uh, Alexander Kullum from, from Brainbot. And so I'm really a big fan of peer-to-peer -to -peer token streaming. Because today, so we have an exchange, so in the physical industry it's called liquid supply medium. Liquid supply medium can be energy, heat, water, gas, all kind of things. And that's a liquid, continuous stream of a physical, physical thing. And what's not existing in payments today, it's a peer-to-peer -to -peer, um, token streaming or, or liquid um, um, payment, payment stream. I basically comp compensate as every single micro packet of energy. And for as single micro packet of energy, you send a micro token that's fully synchronized, direct counterparty peer-to-peer, that's not existing. And there are a lot of use cases in the physical world for gas, water, energy, access, time-based usage of assets, but also in the digital industry, also for access to assets or maybe streaming of media data. So there are a lot of liquid supply uh, media. And uh, so we basically think today there are a lot of discrete payment methods, such as pre- and post-payment, OTC payments, flat fees, payment by installment, with certain party intermediaries, smart contract, escorts, or adoption of this discrete payment method. And every discrete payment method includes some complexity, includes some, some, some processing steps, might include even expensive third parties. So in we, we so I personally believe very strongly in the peer-to-peer -peer <coughs> streaming, because with this basically stream energy, such as a charging example, and then you stream a total back. And how does it look like? It looks, in this rail example, pretty straightforward because you connect a rail node to a car, to a charging pole, and then you have your direct payment channel similar to the Litecoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Lightning is going, but with rail it's much more flexible. I think it's simpler because of the smart contracts. It's much more flexible because you can stream any token. 
you can stream your ICO ESC20 token, you can stream an, uh, the SEAL token, the crypto euro token, and that's I think it's very nice innovation um, basically to control the, the energy, the micro energy package stream from the charging port to a car, split up into tiny packages, receive a token, and then to sync the token payment with the, with the energy stream. Uh, dial counterparty peer-to-peer -peer without any complex processing logic in between and without any third parties and um, I think it's a big innovation um, um, in the payment area where we see a lot of use cases in the future, especially when it comes uh, to transactions among machines. That's a more kind of generalization. I like this chart because it's showing so we, we have the entire transaction is fully digitized. Physical transaction, financial transaction, fully digitized. So we basically say it's being done among digital twins on a decentralized platform. And the only thing what's still um, in place is so-called data oracle. That's also very funny because then we have a digital twin, digital identity, digital autonomous agent sitting on a decentralized platform only connected to the real world via data oracle. So data oracles then deliver authenticated um, data yeah, into the system. And then everything else, the digitized energy stream, the payments, the trust, the reputation, ownership transfer, so can be done on a decentralized platform. And we think that's a, that's a very, very powerful um, concept um, that's in place. However, people, a lot of people are pushing this forward because not only about the data, it's putting about analytics on top of it, especially edge analytics um, at the machine to make it an autonomous economic agent. I would, I think, Chapman was um, working on similar things. She will talk about this. There's another team, I like the team, it's Fetch AI. It's um, Google DeepMind, they do, you, you probably know DeepMind. One of the founders founded DeepMind and sold it to Google, um, founded now Fetch AI. And what those people are doing is also combining blockchain and artificial intelligence for service discovery, for so-called learning ledger. A learning ledger where we have identities, you have trust vectors about the identities, you have a context of identities, what kind of transactions have been done. And then I can start doing service discovery like I'm a machine, I have a very unique basic need, and then I need to find a counterparty that can fulfill the need, and on such a learning ledger, we can basically do this, and it's a huge amount of innovation, including also what I like primarily so-called useful proof of work. It's, it's a big innovation because in Bitcoin you basically have your um, hashing and you just burn energy, but if you can make sure in the proof of work for such a ledger, you do useful calculations, kind of optimize the system, aggregate assets, or personalize the experience with analytics. This is big, and that's um, something um, yeah, so we are exploring um, from, from our Sferity digital twin side together with the Edge AI people. Yeah, what is Sferity? So I will give a pitch um, at 2 o'clock today. There are some startup pitches. Um, it's basically bridging the spheres of the physical, biological, and digital world, providing identities in all these uh, spheres, providing data audit threads about the identities, and allowing direct counterparty peer-to-peer transactions. And yeah, this is what we pitch at um, 2 o'clock. Um, yeah, I'm happy to take some questions. Do we have time for questions? Um, um, we are doing actually yeah. afterwards. Um, 
panel discussion with all the speakers. So please write down your questions, come back again when you have them. And now, next up is Janislav. Janislav, no, no. Um, we have it in hand, please. We have it in hand, please. We have it in hand, please.